0: what's
1: good y'all welcome to in the deep a deep league focused fantasy baseball podcast part of the Pictureless podcast network my name is jordan white and i'm joined here once again by my good friend and co-host christopher schwebzy weber Schwebzi. what's good buddy how you doing i'm doing well uh you know get, getting acclimated to the south oh Sorry, I- can we can we dial it back just like for a second because i mean something you're, you're you're we're missing something hi friends yeah wow
2: You know what it was? It's like I didn't think I I I didn't think beforehand about what what I would meander on about,
1: and I just completely blanked. Oh, have you still okay? Well, I mean, we can talk about something related to like you being in the south and getting accustomed to it. How about something that you're not getting accustomed to, which is like just the sheer amount of like very large bugs that you've had to encounter and deal with since you moved there?
2: I literally got a shiver up my spine when you said that
1: because I was just thinking
2: about it. No, really, Schleipsy doesn't like the creepy crawlies. What no one tells you about the South is that it's basically I don't know. Did you ever see like Godzilla when like, not oh no not Godzilla King Kong. I have seen from, Godzilla before. The, yes the the one from like fifteen years ago when like they go they go to Skull Island and there's just everything is just a monstrosity. Isn't that everything? movie
1: fifteen years old?
2: The not not the most recent King Kong the one before no. that like there was the reboot from like a a, a long time ago the one with like the, jack black like two reboots ago no no
1: oh, okay the, re- no, the I, I reboot before that i don't remember that one
2: no. uh well yeah i mean it's same idea everything is monstrous everything is gigantic and that's what it True. feels like down here actually i find I, I had an exterminator out i couldn't deal with it anymore oh you dead? yeah it's like, oh yeah hey brand new clean house do you think why would there why would there be bugs there but no there there's these there's these like mothra sized bugs
1: uh, just everywhere it's horrible just like the it's like it's like the bad version of likes for days
2: is what I, it is. I, I, it's it's so like it's bad enough down here that they don't want to call the roaches roaches, they call them anything but roaches so as to avoid sounding like everyone has cockroaches.
3: Mm.
2: they're like oh yeah it's a palmetto bug oh it, it's a water bug oh it's a woodroach. like it's not a you know none, they won't say the word cockroach even though
1: there's so many cockroaches interesting i thought when you when you said like they have names i thought they were actually individually naming each one that they saw it's like this is this is this is sean i i do but that's because i i am a, I'm, a, I'm sappy and
2: when something is that big and i kill it I, I need to at least feel something, otherwise I feel like I lose my humanity a little bit.
1: But I lost that a long time ago. Uh,
2: no, nothing nothing that is like small dog size that I kill should should be killed without like, you know, some feeling.
1: It's fair. Are so they there, really there
2: were, that big? No, no. I mean, a couple inches, which is much bigger than any bugs I
1: saw in the Northeast mm, yeah. I mean, Wisconsin is pretty chill when it comes to that type of stuff. 'Cause it's like cold up here most of the year. Well, not most of the year, some of the year. So you don't get like crazy, crazy sized bugs, but overall. Uh that's I guess that's the one thing. Like I really hate winter, but it, I do get the trade-off of not having like crazy huge insects here yeah. in uh Wisconsin.
2: There was a there was like a section of uh there was a section of mulch uh running alongside my house that had kind of gotten overgrown with weeds before uh we moved in. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lazy. So it took me a long time to get to it. I finally went at it with a weed whacker yesterday and yeah. I'm weed whacking this thing and just watching these like spiders leap out of it towards the house and probably towards me. I don't know. I didn't catch them all, but like just horrible. Everything is horrible.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you still got a lot of summer left ahead of you. So plenty of opportunities to uh, build up a tolerance for the, uh, for the bugs. There were, there will be no tolerance. Don't well, it's do better, creepy crawlies. It's, well, I mean, it's better than when it gets cold out and they start moving inside your house. Look, I don't like any. <laughs> I like, I don't like anything that has more or less
2: than four legs, and that in, that includes people. But I was I was going to say that includes
1: like that includes people. Miraculous that you're married. I'm glad uh, that you could like, get past that with your wife. <laughs> I like I like roughly two
2: people. One of them I'm on a video call with right now, and the other one is downstairs building a table while I podcast, which says a lot about our relationship.
1: That's pretty wild, honestly. I feel honored, Webs. Thank you for at least appreciating me out of all the uh, two-legged creatures in the world. Uh, God, I forgot what I was even going to say. I had something else to add about insects. I was going to try to make you feel really like icky and like try to make another shiver go up your spine, but I can't remember it now. Anyways, it's okay. I'll just pull up one of the many pictures
2: of roaches I now have on my phone. That, oh, please! That'll, send,
1: that'll I love I love weird stuff like that. Please send that to me. Um, I'm I'm literally gonna send it to you now. Yes. The right, sucker! This sucker
2: was just like crawling across my kitchen floor as I was doing the dishes one day, and I turned around. I'm like, "Oh, hey! Just make yourself at
3: home. Hey, pull bud. up a seat.
1: This is Owen. <laughs> he just moved in. Every every roach is Steve. Roach is Steve. The yeah steve you just just call him steve roaches
3: mm.
1: there, there I, okay. I have the picture enjoy photo i have to look at this photo uh in the <laughs> meantime while i look at this photo wow man that is large dude look at the man he needs to shave his legs um <laughs> anyways while i'm looking at this picture of roach uh this is a really good time for me to remind you that we do have some social media accounts that you could follow if you want to hear more from us obviously we have our shared podcast account that's at in the dpl uh, you can send any questions you have for us to that, or you can send them to our Twitter accounts. Uh, for myself, you can follow me at Bunt Singles, and you can follow Schwebzy at Schwebzy, that's S-H-W-E-B-S-I with no C. Uh, we also have a mailbag uh, submission form that we have as our pinned tweet on our shared podcast account, so if you want to go there and submit any questions there, feel free. Uh, and now, I guess we'll just hop right into our oh. first deep dive. You know what? What's kind of funny? At some point, unprompted,
2: you started throwing in that line that there's no C in Schwabzi. Like I we did. did, we didn't have we didn't have a conversation about that. You just started doing it one day, and I'm like, why is he doing that? And then, literally last week, uh, one of our pitcherless colleagues, uh, Austin Bristow, sent me sent me a DM because uh, he he lives nearby, and we were talking yes. about hanging out. And he was very he, he made sure to throw in like, I'm sorry, I always throw the C in he must have like listened to an episode heard that
1: and this is why <laughs> this is why he may have actually like said your name to me through a message on discord and included the c and i may have corrected him on it that might have ah. been too partially as well um but yeah no but i think i feel like it's something that people could maybe make a mistake on right oh
2: it's constant i just uh, yeah. i just never thought to point to you know make it part of our uh, our opening
1: better safe than sorry really you know yeah. be great uh all right so speaking of the letter c there's uh the first person that you're going to talk about has the letter c in his name uh <laughs> great great segue good job me i just high five myself um you did it i did it uh shows you kick it off for our first deep dive with jack sawinski
2: Yes, Pittsburgh Pirate Jack Sawinski, and I, I say Pittsburgh Pirate because you may not have heard of Jack Sawinski, because he's kind of obscure. He was kind of obscure coming into this year. Uh, like, actually, even for, like, an MLB prospect, he was obscure. Fun thing about Jack Sawinski, he started off with the Pirates, moved to the, started off with the Padres, moved to the Pirates in the Adam Fraser trade. Also known as the trade that I hated the most at the 2021 trade deadline, Uh, not because I hated anyone that the Padres traded away. I just can't imagine trading something, let alone three somethings, with a pulse to acquire Adam Frazier. Uh, Tucapita Marcano was part of that trade too. Sawinski was kind of an afterthought, Uh, but Sawinski's been around for a while. Like he's been in the Padres minor league system since 2016 as a 17 year old and uh jordan and i are both baseball card collectors uh yes. if you're not a if you're not a baseball collector uh most players get two rookie cards they get like a minor league rookie card for their first baseball card in a bowman set as a minor leaguer and then they get a rookie card once they hit the majors in a tops set correct as I said, Jack Sawinski has been around since 2016. He just got his minor league rookie card in a 2022 set of cards, which is weird. That's how irrelevant he was as a minor leaguer. Like, he was the number 30 prospect in the Pirates minor league system. So, you know, not, not too impressive of, of prospect pedigree there. Yeah. But it's, it's I actually pulled his card when I was opening some Bowman cards recently and I was like, oh, that's funny. I, he just hit a home run the other day. It's t- so weird to see his minor league rookie card, you know, days after he just hit a major league home run. That's really cool. I figured he was like a college, you know, 22-year-old that got drafted and just made the majors really quickly, but I, I, was, I was wrong. Uh, so, yeah, he was enough of a slapdick prospect that when, uh, when we got a mailbag question late this offseason asking about some really irrelevant players in the Pirates minor league system... Sowinsky's name wasn't even mentioned. Like, we didn't talk yeah. about him when we did that. Not at all. Sawinski wasn't even a top 25 prospect in his own team's system, according to Fangraphs, Prospects Live, MLB Pipeline. Uh Matt Matt Thompson over at Prospects Live said that he was someone to keep a close eye on and uh he could make his way up the rankings. But as of right now, like that's that's like the nicest thing I could find said about him. Uh the consensus is that the power would be the tool that defined his whole package, really. Uh, it's really the, the only standout thing about him as a player. But mm-hmm. all, all three outlets that I mentioned tabbed him with a 40 overall grade, which if you're unfamiliar with the 20 to 80 scale that scouts use, it's not great. It's like a major league player, but not a particularly good one. So knowing all of that, and knowing that Jack got exactly zero plate appearances at AAA kind of makes what he's done so far in the majors, like, shocking. Sawinski has eight dingers already in only 37 games this year after hitting them in back-to-back games on Wednesday and Thursday. That's a 30 home run pace. As a 23-year-old that never played in AAA and was like a nothing prospect, that's like wild i don't think enough people are i really don't think enough people are talking about how like weird this is right now uh he's been playing pretty much every day for the last month or so he's hitting anywhere from third to ninth but most recently he's been hitting in prime lineup spots as he hasn't hit lower than sixth since the start of june and he's even hit third a few times in that time span he's actually like he's in the midst of like a crazy heater right now he's been really good for the last few weeks the uh, the encouraging thing for Sawinski, production wise, is that if you pull up his rolling charts for uh, for like his production, like it, you know set it to like fifteen days, the last fifteen games, and you compare some of the things that I like to look at for a breakout to his WOBA, they're almost like the same line. Like his WOBA and his pull rate have just gone up simultaneously. His fly ball rate has gone up in the same time frame and like yeah duh his power surge has coincided with better batted ball distribution of course we we know that that's a thing there's got to be there's got to be something behind a uh, breakout right yep but more encouraging for me is the fact that after a big spike in his strikeouts a few weeks ago he's brought his Ks down again with the most recent power surge and during this time frame he's also seeing a huge jump in zone swing percentage so he's being aggressive in the zone while still maintaining a pretty pretty good chase rate he's not chasing too often so he i I would say he's aggressive to a fault in the zone because Mm. he's not walking like at all it's it's it was a strength in the minors at times but i mean kind of to be expected in the guy's first 130 plate appearances above double a he's taken some time to get used to uh hitting major league pitching so he's red hot right now. Over his last 18 games, he's hitting .288 with 6 home runs, 2 steals, and 22 runs plus RBI. Numbers that would play in pretty much any league. So, what do we do here? I literally when I started like looking into him, I immediately looked at all of my deeper leagues to see if I could add him at like at least as this hot streak keeps up. He's a, he's an unknown enough name that he was available in more leagues than i expected. Long term, however, i'm uh, i'm pretty concerned about his hit tool and what it means for his batting average because he is like i said he's aggressive in the zone, he swings a lot. And while being aggressive in the zone, he misses off he he misses the ball at an above league average rate. So he's swinging a lot and missing a lot in the zone. And while he's not chasing, it leads to not good enough kn walk rates i would say the reason that he's swinging and missing so much is because he just appears to have huge holes in his swing he literally has a zero woba on three three of the different zones that make up the strike zone it's like middle up uh up and away and middle in those three zones of the strike zone he has a zero woba so he's got exploitable zones. And I think what we've got here is a mistake hitter. Mm-hmm. Like he's going he's gonna to hit hangers and he's going to hit pitches middle away that he can kind of extend on.
3: And he's got like that classic lefty swing where he absolutely demolishes pitches down and in. So I, I don't really love the long-term outlook. He looks a little bit like a platoon
2: bat right now but he's also got like an abysmally low babbitt against lefties which is kind of holding that line down. He's got 5 home runs against righties, 3 home runs against lefties. He's a he's a lefty swinger himself. So yeah, like I th- I think it's mostly a mistake hitter, but he's on an absolute roll right now which is not deniable. He's getting all the playing time he can want, and I absolutely think that he is worth an add in deeper
1: leagues if you're in need of an outfielder. Heck yeah. I mean, as far as like, I mean, we preach a lot here is like, obviously like opportunity is getting a ton of playing time. Uh, spot in the spot in the lineup. The fact that he's been hitting in that prime lineup spot, I think is one of the biggest draws here for me Um, in terms of picking up someone like Jack Sweeney, Cause like largely improving, like you said, has a lot of holes in his swing. It seems like just based off of what we've seen so far from him in the majors. I think while the risk is there, I think that especially in your, like your deeper leagues. And for me, I know that like a lot of other folks and dealing with a lot of injuries right now, this is definitely someone that I would feel comfortable grabbing to like fill a spot while I was waiting for some of my guys to come off the IL. Um,
2: Yeah. I mean, when a team shows that kind of faith in someone to bring them straight from double A to the majors. Yep. Like the pirates had mediocre veterans that they could have played instead but they opted to get Suwinsky to playing time in the majors. Yes. And, and they've shown a willingness to move him into a prime lineup spot basically immediately upon him having some good production. So, I mean, maybe, I, I think there, there is something here. Like, I think he could carve out, like, I don't know, I, I, I would have said, like, Jock Peterson uh, before mm-hmm. Jock Peterson went absolutely nuclear this year. Think, like, you know the last couple of years of jock peterson more than this year like a lefty that crushes mistakes and and hits a bunch of dongs without a particularly good line else wise
1: yeah no i can dig it um yeah i think i'm fine picking up jack swinski my deep league teams do you had do you were you able to get him in your nl only league so i did not get him in my nl only
2: league because that league is deep enough where he was not available okay got it
1: all right well i mean Still, I wonder, gosh, I wonder if he's still available in any, I doubt he's available in my TGFBI league. My, I my mean, he's been
2: very on top of things this year. He's, he's 23. So I did, I did snag him in a couple of dynasty leagues. Nice. That's dope.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah, I love Jack Zawinski, Uh, as far as like, for, just for what he is. Like, yes, you pointed out the few flaws that I think people should worry about with him, but. This feels like a very low risk pickup, right? Like you can just kind of cycle this spot. If you have this, if you're t- picking him up and like filling a spot on your roster, it, you're going to be able to cycle him up for someone of similar value anyways. Uh, and if he does like happen to stay hot and happens to hold like those prime lineup spots, then yeah, I mean, this could be the type of pickup that could genuinely help you win your league.
2: Yeah, I mean, this, this could be 20 more home runs before the end of the year for basically free.
3: God, that's wild, and it's wild to think that he was so just
1: under the radar, Yeah. Too. Like yeah. it's just the fact that he was not even in the top twenty-five for pirates prospects at any yeah. at any
2: outlet. He he was number thirty on the dot for I th- I think both prospects live and FanGraphs, and then he was like number twenty-sixth for from Pipeline, something like Crazy. that.
1: Oh well, I mean, we always get someone like this every year. Yeah. I feel like I feel like. Were people that high on, like... Like, I'm thinking of, like, last year with, um, like, Adelis Garcia. Were people really um, high? Yeah, he was. He, he came out of nowhere. Yeah, he was not on my radar at all. It's like a very similar thing. Um, He's obviously older, but, like, same time. Yeah, yeah. And if I remember correctly, Jack Sawinski... So I'm, I'm doing this because it's going to be a really good segue into my guy that I want to talk about. If I remember correctly, Jack Sawinski is... I think the first player to make his m l b debut who was drafted directly out of a Chicago public school oh out of a Chicago that's, public high school. That's what not I'm mistaken. Fact. yeah, uh, which is convenient because I'm gonna talk about a Chicago cub
4: Next ah, yeah, there's hey. the connection. there's
1: the through line we found it. um so I'm gonna talk about Matt Swarmer uh Swarmer is a really intriguing one for me because. Talking about any Cubs player in a positive light is against my nature as a Brewers fan, except for Nico Horner, who's my very special slapdick son. Um, but after he had a solid start against the Brewers in his major league debut, he had a really good second solid start against the Cardinals offense as well, who I considered to be an above average squad, a better offense at least than the Brewers when they're both fully healthy. Um, and on that note, I had to take notice and give him credit where credit was due or so I thought, so for those that don't know about swarmer and a lot of people, I don't think know about swarmer cause he's only 4% rostered currently in, uh, ESPN and Yahoo leagues. He is a 28 year old right-handed rookie who is slider first. He throws 52% sliders and four seam second, 45%, uh, thrown with a where's Waldo, as I like to call it change up. Where he had to search real hard to find it because he's only thrown five in his first two starts. Um, do you like do you like that, Schwebs? I do like that. It's very good. oh where's a oh, wears ball change up. Um, so before we're getting just, called uh, up, I'm just uh,
2: picturing a baseball wearing a little little red and white striped shirt and, white white and glasses. Pro- I mean, little, technically, little it's it's kind of a red and
1: white striped thing when you think about it. That's true. Just stick some glasses Damn, on it. Oh wow. This is a really good, okay that's I, I'm I'm glad that I came up with that off the top of my head that's dope. Um so before he got called up this year from AAA he had a 2.08 uh, ERA and 39 oh wait what is this? Oh I just messed that up. I just realized I forgot to add something in my notes. <laughs> Anyways, uh so he had a 2.08 ERA in 39 AAA innings this year which on its face seems really really good until you look just very, very slightly deeper and you realize that Swarmer's BABIP was like an assuredly unsustainable 213 in AAA to start the season, which is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly low. Uh, the reason that I bring up his AAA BABIP is that it's the reason that he's seen so much success in the major so far. His BABIP is even lower in his two starts in the majors, sitting at a laughably low 138. it's disgustingly disgusting though and this it just doesn't track for a pitcher who has two pitches essentially and doesn't really have like dominant stuff like the slider's been okay um but the fastball sits at just like 90 to 91 miles an hour he's not like an overpowering pitcher by any means um so it's a little bit iffy for me so even though it says that swarmer has an era of 1.5 so far on the year In the majors, uh, I discovered something that's kind of hilarious and interesting. Swarmer has two earned runs on the season in his two starts. He has given up three home runs. This is a fun little thing because I learn something new every day. I forgot. I had to explain. Yeah, (laughs) he had to explain this to me, is that the fact that there was a two-out error, a throwing error by Patrick Wisdom that allowed a runner to reach first And then a home run was hit by the next hitter. And that was against the Brewers. So technically, uh, well, not technically, Swarmer has given up four runs on the year, but two of them have been earned and that's it. Um, So. The thing that that kind of led me to that little fun fact was that in an incredibly small sample size this year, Swarmer has a 21.4 percent home run to fly ball rate. And he is a fly ball pitcher that does not bode well and it seems to be an issue for him or it has been an issue for him in two different larger samples at triple a in previous seasons so i would not be surprised to see that trend continue with a blow up here or there for swarmer um again looking at this on its face he had a 1.5 era in his first two starts with like a sub one whip it looks a lot less good now um the long and short of it is that the, com- the combination of incredibly good batted ball luck, the wonky earned run rules that kind of like hide how poorly he actually has been pitching, and some small samples have led Swarmer looking way more enticing than he actually is, which, fortunately for me, means I get to stay true to my nature as a Brewers fan and dunk on a Cubs player. Um, I would only recommend picking up Swarmer in the most favorable of matchups, so this is more so just a buyer beware deep dive more than anything.
2: I, I think the name of this episode should be choosing violence done because yeah, I'm I'm about to be mean too, but, uh, that's, that's, that's in a little bit. Oh yeah.
1: You're going to be mean too. I forgot about that. We both kind of, we okay. This is like the most hater episode I think we're probably going to ever have,
2: which is really, maybe this is probably my most honest, episode. all title,
1: all title, not choosing violence. How about player haters ball?
2: I'm very good with that. Okay, cool.
1: All right. Uh, we will get to Schwebzi's player that he's going to dunk on right after this ad break. All right, and we are back, Schwebzi. Let's go into your second deep dive, your first hater deep dive of the episode I'm, of I'm Bryson re- Stott.
2: I'm realizing that I spoiled this bit, but I'm going to go ahead and, and, and force it anyway.
1: Oh, let's uh, go.: <laughs> <laughs> there there's, a- If there's anything we know how to do, it's force a bit. Heck, yeah.: uh, There was a lot of That's hype around
2: Bryson Stott. <laughs> at the start of this year <laughs> from myself included i i never roster phillies as a general rule uh, as a tried and true phillies hater and yet i had stott in both my home nl only league and in tgfbi which is wild to me in retrospect because those are two of my most important leagues to me to, and i had that much faith in a player with only 41 plate appearances above double a mm-hmm. uh I, the way i see it it was win-win right because either he thrives or I get to enjoy another Phillies prospect crashing and burning. Uh- I'm playing both sides so that I always come out on top. Which is an always, it's always sunny in Philadelphia reference, appropriate as I talk about a Phillies player.
1: So fitting. Also, man. I just want to apologize to Ellen Adair for Shubzy crapping so, out of Bryson Stott. Sorry, Anyways, Ellen. continue. Uh,
2: my blind faith was not justified as I wound up cutting Stott in TGFBI and stashing him in my minors when he got sent down in my home league uh, because he hit a scalding. 123, 179, 151 slash line. And yes, that is a lower slugging percentage than OBP, which is impressively bad. Hey, Jordan, what do you think that slash line uh, leads to for a WRC plus? Wait, what was the slash line again? Can you say it? 123, 179, 151. So that's roughly a, uh, what is it? Like a 330 uh, OPS.
1: You want me to guess the WRC plus for that?
2: Guess the WRC plus.
1: Oh oh God. I'm going to say it was
2: like 12. It was negative five. (laughs) Oh dang
1: it. No, I wanted to guess a negative number, but I thought that was even a bit too mean. Oh no. Uh, So, (laughs) oh wow. That's so bad. That
2: miserable stretch included a one for 33 stretch and a one for 23 stretch. Those did not overlap. That is very bad folks he was so bad he like to go with like this wasn't bad luck either he had a 30 31 k rate a 4 percent walk rate and miserable defensive metrics and his versatile plus defense was supposed to be one of his qualities as a prospect there were almost literally no redeeming qualities here yeah well thankfully he has completely turned around his season since the calendar flipped to june Bryson Stott has been a completely new man, starting every game while slashing 346, 414, 731, which is good for a 213 WRC+. 218 points higher than that negative (laughs) 5. Doing math. Uh, And that stretch included 3 home runs and a steal, along with 19 runs in RBI in just 7 games, which is a downright silly rate. He's improved his plate discipline, he's upped his exit velocity and he's increased his average launch angle and every one of his X stats has improved. He's gone from a 27 ISO that's 027 to 385 and he even hit a huge walk-off home run. He's basically, he's gone from Bryson not to Bryson
1: hot. Am I I've, right? I, I read ahead and saw that and I, I, I I, <laughs> I, I, I made sure to like pull away from the mic and just like sigh disapprovingly earlier. Uh. So that way it wouldn't like just come in super hot when there was like nothing on the mics uh come come in super hot like like bryson stott (sighs)
2: um i like uh, you got one out of me anyways just just forcing bits here so Uh, have i gotten you excited about bryson stott i hope not because i just did a bunch of lying to you with stats this should have been one of those situations where i considered a player looked at a few things and then decided not to talk about that player but uh, I'm a hater, and I found an opportunity to say mean things about a Philly player, so I am taking that opportunity. So, uh, yeah, and uh, just to rub things in, I'm going to say those mean things about a Philly right after saying nice things about a Pirate, just to you know be a little bit meaner to, with a crosstown rival. I'm not buying this at all, not even a little bit. There are a couple of things here that warrant some optimism: the increased power, the increased exit velo, the better plate discipline which is you know this this is much a much better sit, starting point than a couple of weeks ago mainly like the thing that i'm most excited about is that he cut his k rate by like well, i think it was like 14% that mm-hmm. while his x stats have improved across the board they've simply gone from train wreck to car crash like during this hot streak he's hit exactly two balls over 100 miles an hour which like on its own that's not a death sentence but even during this streak of great production his average exit velo is down around like the Jace Petersons of the world the Brendan Donovans the Yadier Molinas the Andrew McCutcheons
1: specifically Uh, choosing two brewers (laughs) to commit violence against me yes I see you Schwebzee I see you I am just purposely being a hater today and I'm not sorry you are truly being you're actually you're like It's not even like you just asking for hate mail for no reason. You're actually making your heel turn now, I think. I brought up two brewers to make you upset. I brought up Brendan
2: Donovan to make Yancey upset because I know you're listening, Yancey. And I brought up <laughs> Yadier Molina to make myself happy. And Yadier Molina is not a first out Hall of Famer. Fight me. Uh, the point of all of this, maybe Stott is legitimately turning things around. I don't think so but there are some positives here. He's better than he was for sure. Maybe he'll still go on to have a productive year, but what we've seen in the last 10 days or so is not it. This is a good starting point, but he would need to be even better than the best he's ever been so far in order to actually be a productive major league hitter for the whole year. And I'm
3: just not seeing it right now.
1: So do you think like,
3: Would you say that like his
1: recent performance has uh, has you a little bit like a stot under the collar? It's the opposite. The opposite? His recent performance doesn't have you stot under the collar?
2: No, it, it has me dropping him like he's stot. Oh, drop. Well, oh, wow. Well, dropping. Mm, but dropping him like he's stot is
3: a good thing, though.
2: Is it? Because I'm dropping him for my fantasy teams. I
3: guess with the implication of like
1: the song that you're referring to it's supposed to i don't know, I don't know never mind <laughs> we tried th- thinking about it too hard jordan i mean i'm just so stuck on the collar i think i might have to ross stripling <laughs> how's that for a transition because i'm going to talk about ross stripling now the the theme of today is terrible segues just the app the 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 most the most duty segues you have ever heard in your entire life on this podcast you're welcome we strive for excellence. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so my last deep dive that I'm going to talk about here real quick because I'm going to talk about uh, Ross Stripling. Um, it feels like the book's kind of been out on Stripling. Uh, he was good in L- LA and then he was not good after that, after he was traded away. Um, but now in a combination of injury-related opportunity and a solid upcoming start on Sunday, the day after this episode will release, um, he's kind of one of my favorite Waiver wire targets right now, just maybe not beyond his next start. You might have to kind of like watch where you want to play him here and there. Um, so stripling strep- stepped in this past week to fill the vacancy in the rotation in Toronto, left by Hyunjin Ryu's trip to the IL with some forearm tightness, uh, which is never a good thing that you want to hear. Uh, when a pitcher gets hurt, is anything the forearm or the elbow? Um, he looked really solid in his start against the Royals. He had only one hit given up and pitched five innings, got himself a win. Uh, but Jordan, he only had two strikeouts. That's not good. I Yeah, I don't care. That's that's not why I'm picking him up. I'm not going to pick him up for his strikeouts. I'm picking him up because I think that he should be able to go five innings against another poor offense in the Tigers this Sunday. Um, I think he's a really, really good stream. Uh, One of the better streamers that's out there in terms of this upcoming week of matchups. Technically, I guess it isn't the upcoming week because it's on Sunday, but If you have uh, daily waiver wire pickups, you can snag him and get him for his start on Sunday by the time you listen to this episode. Um, After his scheduled start against Detroit on Sunday, though, the schedule gets a little bit dicey. So he lines up after that to face in order the Yankees, the White Sox, the Red Sox, and then the Rays in that order. Um, Although I think that the Rays is probably fine. Like they strike out a decent amount. And I mean, they're, they're good, not great, I would say. I don't think that's something to completely shy away from. Um, what we know about Stripling, he has a five-pitch mix that mainly consists of a four-seamer, change-up and slider that he throws all of them around like 23 to 28% of the time. His curveball, which he throws 11% of the time so far this year, has a 49% CSW. Wow. 49.3, I think, to be exact, uh, which blew me away until I looked like just very, very, like, barely deeper and realize that 46.3 points of that 49.3% is from called strikes. So he's just dumping that in there for like free real estate strikes. He's not really missing a whole lot of bats with it. I don't think it's actually that good. I think it's as he throws more of them throughout the year, that's probably going to normalize a bit and that's going to drop off a whole bunch. Um, really stripling's going to be a super bland and boring pickup, but he has a lot going for him that I think makes him attractive as a streamer. He's not going to give up a ton of free passes, which means that in your Roto leagues where you have whip as a category, he's not going to do you a whole lot of harm. He's probably going to do you good. Really? Um, he's got fewer than two walks per nine innings, which is fantastic. That's one of the better marks in his career so far. Uh, also, all of his expected stats, XFIP, XERA, Sierra, are in really, really excellent shape. They're actually the best that they've been since, he, since his, like, heyday when he was in Los Angeles, which is really encouraging. His uh, VLO also is back up to close to 92, which is really encouraging as well. That's the highest it's been since those days as well. Um, he's also got the highest ground ball rate of his career at 53%, and his hard hit numbers are the lowest they've been since 2018. Once again, back in his heyday in Los Angeles. suboptimal launch angles and suboptimal exit velocity means more success for him uh so i think it's pretty good overall the profile for him is really good this year and i wouldn't be surprised to see him get an extended run depending on what happens with hyunjin ryu and how his mris come back um obviously i want hyunjin ryu to be healthy but at the same time this means more opportunities for stripling um if that ends up being the case and there's an extended il stint for ryu I would be more than happy to have Stripling on my team, just like hanging out on the bench as a streaming option. Um, I also want to look into this more, and this might be an article potentially to maybe do oh, some digging.
2: Oh, you just drop you drop one like future award-winning article, and now it's like, oh, easy, I'm gonna write another one. Easy with that.
1: Easy with that. Oh yeah, by the way, I, d- I didn't say that. Yeah, my uh, waited earn strikes article dropped this past week, and it was pretty well it's- received. Which it's very nice. good, guys. It's very good, you guys. So if you want to read that, that's really uh great. I'm gonna to try to update that every week with uh, I'm gonna to try to change the leaderboard at the bottom, uh, to make sure it's completely up to date until I can get something up and going on the actual site on the player pages. So, and that I mean that's crazy to me. That's something that I came up with is going to be on our player pages potentially. That's super wild. Um, as,
2: as it stands, I have to DM Jordan every time I want uh, I want that stat.
1: And then I have to DM Jeff Nicholas, who then pulls the numbers for me because he is smarter than I am. Uh, but yeah. So I, something I do maybe want to look into, though, is
3: did Ross Tripling
1: get advice from Kevin Gaussman on his changeup? And is he throwing like a split change now? Because he doesn't throw his changeup that often. It's It's, I think, he throws it like... Eight percent of the time, something like that. Nine percent of the time this year, but the results on it are pretty solid. Like mostly, the thing that caught my eye is that he's got a greater than twenty-two percent swinging strike rate on that changeup, which I don't think. I as is as far as we remember. Like I don't think either of us thought that his changeup was very good. No, at any point, and that's that's kind of eye popping for me. So like the fact that his changeup has that high of a swinging strike rate. Um, yeah, the pitch shape looks great the few gifts and videos that i've watched and stuff like that and he's throwing a ton of it he's got it's got like a 70 percent strike rate too Oof. which is really really crazy i think if he locates a little bit better maybe drops it just below the zone he's probably gonna have more success with it but overall yeah i mean super encouraging
2: i'm i'm, I'm starting to notice that your your domain on this podcast seems to be the old the old guy streamer
1: yeah, kinda. I mean, I talked about Rich Hill a couple of weeks ago, which did not go super well. Um, still time for that though, um, which is
2: good because that's a yeah. that's a blind that's a blind spot for me because often I see like you know an, an old guy streamer and I just immediately write them off. So it, it's good that you're here to uh, you know catch these guys that I I overlook because I am ageist apparently.
1: There's still juice to be squeezed from those old oranges. Those old just wrinkly grapefruits what 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 oranges are those jordan the old ones (laughs) the the old the old oranges
2: oh man what a what a what an upset that you're the one that's going to get us removed from the pitchless podcast network
3: i thought i thought yeah i thought you were supposed to be the heel
1: we are the bad boys of the pitcherless podcast network so if we get booted it's just on brand baby then we can go rogue we can talk about whatever we want Black, the Black Sheep Bad Boys. Black Sheep Bad Boys. Cool. BSBB. Alright, uh, so we're going to get to our recurring segment of why haven't you picked these guys up yet? Because it's people that we figure okay, they're still not highly rostered. They should be. They're very, very good. Uh, I'm going to talk about Nico Horner again. He's hitting. He's stealing bases. He's playing at shortstop pretty much every single day. There's no reason that you shouldn't have him on your teams, especially in deep leagues. Uh, having someone that is that big of a batting average stalwart and can give you stolen bases is always going to be valuable. Uh, if you have a middle infielder spot and slot him in there, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say at this point.
2: Dude, he's a 40. Like he's been upgraded in MLB, the show. I'm sorry. I'm going off track here. Wow. In, ML, in, in MLB, the show, he is an 84. He is almost a diamond player, which is yeah. a Nico Horner. Yeah, man. And I'm so sorry for all of you out there who are not complete dorks like me that play uh, MLB, the show. I mean, it's a video I mean
3: there,
2: there's, there's probably plenty of gamers that listen to the podcast I if you think. if you if you like MLB
3: the show hit me with that gamer tag there you go Shwebzy I'll just put your gamer tag in the notes what do you think it is Shwebzy it's Shwebzy it's
1: Shwebzy Shwebzy's gamer <laughs> tag is Shwebzy if you want to add him I think he's on PlayStation right yeah mostly yep. yeah uh, but yeah uh, and then we also have Ramon Laureano here did you put down or did I? I can't remember.
3: Uh,
2: it doesn't matter. I'll talk about him. Uh, I don't think Loriano is m- any different of a player than before he got hurt. The power has not come around yet, but I think it will. And I, I know I've been saying that for a little bit now, but I I'm not seeing anything that would indicate that the power has disappeared. He's striking out less than ever. The walk rates are about where they've always been. He's running still like mm-hmm. I I have to imagine that the power will come back. I, I don't think that he's going to like he. He's got good top end power. He's not going to be defeated by, uh, the the Coliseum. He's he's performed there before. I I see no reason that, you know, he would suddenly be a you know, single digit home run guy like he is uh, apparently shown so far.
1: Fair enough. All right. Uh... Right, and then beyond that, we've got a bunch of honorable mentions that we can fire through pretty quick here. Uh, shows you start with Michael Harris.
3: Uh, I'm I'm contractually obligated. I don't have to talk about Braves.
1: Um, First of all, that's a lie. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a contract. Um, Very Tyler, no. the creator voice. Uh, so that was
2: a lie. I actually, uh, I was talking to a couple of my Braves fan friends the other day after Michael Harris made a great defensive play, and I I made the joke like, Mom, I want a Christian Pache, and the mom's like, oh, but we have a Christian Pache at home already, and it's Michael Harris. Except. um, He's still a Brave. He didn't get traded for an underperforming first baseman. I don't know. Uh, Michael Harris is playing, uh, and he is a similar player to Pache in that. The bat is questionable at this point in time. He'll he'll steal some bases, and mm-hmm. he provides excellent defense, which will, in theory, keep him on the field long enough to flash that speed and maybe get to some of his offensive upside. Uh, that upside is a little bit limited at the moment, yep. but, I mean, you know, sometimes in deep leagues, beggars can't be choosers. He's out there and he's playing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of, like, deep league stuff. Know this is something that we talked about with uh, TGFBI leader Last I checked, Yancey Eaton, a lot of it is just making sure that you can squeeze as many at-bats out of your team as possible, and like that's what you need. You just need guys that are going to be on the field all the time, right?
3: Yeah,
2: and the Braves have played 13 games since Harris has been called up, and he has played center field in every single one of them. There you go. Hitting you ninth need. in every game, which is not ideal, but still, he's, he's I mean, good to get you.
1: I, Honestly, I would rather have him hitting like ninth than I would like seventh or eighth because that means that he's like right there next to the top of the order on the, on the wraparound. That means he, so, he gets to, he's effectively
2: the, the uh, leadoff hitter for, for Ronald Acuna, gets on base for Acuna in theory. There
1: you go. Exactly. Uh, yeah, the proximity is like fine. Like on the wraparound, I think like seven or eight is like a death sentence, it feels like to me.
2: You know, he's he's actually he's hitting two seventy-three so far. It's just not really accompanied with anything, and it's a high babip, so it's probably gonna mm. drop. Yeah, fair enough. But he he is fast.
1: Yeah. And sometimes that's all you need. Uh Kyle Lewis. Uh gosh. If he didn't have any like bad luck, he would have no luck at all, I feel like. Um As someone that's like super intimately familiar with how annoying concussions are to deal with I and mean, the after effects of them, I'm hoping for a smooth recovery because Kyle Lewis did get a concussion. Um as always, when he's healthy, he's easily rosterable. I think even like twelve teamers with five outfielders, like pretty easily. Sometimes, I mean, at his peak, probably in three outfielder leagues, with util spots. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say so, about him.
2: Yeah, the most recent news is that he's been ramping up his heart rate, working on his conditioning, but no, uh, no return date at the moment. Uh, yeah. That's from uh, that's from Daniel Kramer of MLB.com.
1: All right, perfect. Yeah. Wishing him a speedy recovery and hopefully everything goes smooth. Stuff is annoying. Um, uh, John Birdie. Over the past Dude, two he, weeks. He has been s- unreal. Six stolen
2: bases. I'm okay. shocked at how good John Birdie has been.
1: I mean, we knew that he can... St- like, if he gets regular playing time, he's going to steal bases. I think the big thing was, like, he wasn't getting regular playing time to start the season. And now he's been playing most days, I think. And yeah. he will get his stolen bases. That's that's the long and short of it. He's not gonna give you a whole lot else outside of that. But if you need like a cheap stolen base threat, he's almost always like I mean I mean in draft season he's always the guy that's going in like the early two hundreds, it feels like, or like the mid two hundreds that's a stolen base threat.
2: So last fifteen days, it's a two hundred sixty seven average, which is above league average, a three fifty three LBP, which is well above league average. Very good.
1: Seven stolen bases. Seven, not six. Okay, yeah, I was wrong once again, but oh man. God, that's so good. That's what I need. Yeah. Uh, Schwepsi, did you okay. pick up John Birdie in TGFBI? No, but I did in my NL only league. Ooh, baby, there you go. Stolen base thought leader over here, <laughs> Christopher Schwepsi. Are you still in the lead for stolen bases at TGFBI?
2: I have to be. I was ahead by so much.
1: You better check, bud. Tom, Tommy, you, Tommy Edmund, Tommy Edmund just got me another steal. I'm sure I'm fine. I want you. I want you to look right now. Um, I will. I will. While you do that, I'm going to look at uh, Evan Longoria. I mean. What do we say about, I mean, we've talked about Evan Longoria multiple times over the past few weeks. Old boy hit ball hard, make ball go far. That's really what it comes down to. Again, just stay healthy, and he's going to be able to hit for you. Um, that's it. What, 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 I, I saw your eyebrows raise. Where are you at in stolen bases? The, the, the lead isn't
2: what it was. I'm only, I am five ahead of both uh, Pitcher Ooh. List's own Ben Palmer and uh, Nick Ruse, who I'm, uh, who I'm unfamiliar with. But uh, I have right. seventy. They both they both have sixty five. Dang. And Yancey, Yancey, who is he has stated that one of his goals of this TGFBI season is to catch me in stolen bases,
1: mm-hmm. is twelve behind. Oh yeah, you're 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 widening that gap. I think that gap was much smaller the last time I remember checking, but actually, John Birdie just stole another base. So that's eight now. I think so. Oh my gosh! Wow.
3: Ugh. That's uh. Yep.
1: He he, real fast. Yes, he is. Actually, is he that fast? I'm is his pretty sprint sure speed he, that fast, or is he just I'm like a really sure good is. base? Is he like really good at making reads and getting jumps?
2: I don't think he's a VR. I think he is actually a burner. Okay, I'll verify
1: that though. Thank you. Uh, actually, I want to let you talk about yeah. Lane Thomas because sure. that's kind of your boy. Yeah, that is well. that is ninety
2: fifth percentile sprint speed for okay. Yeah, he uh, is very John fast. Birdie. He he's fast. So Lane Thomas is someone that I was incredibly on board with coming into this season. Like I had him in several dynasty leagues because I I was just a believer in what he did. I I love the plate discipline. And then he started this season off completely miserable. He was losing playing time to Yadiel Hernandez, who is not a particularly good baseball player. And even, even before he had shown that he was like really not playing well, he was not getting full-time plate appearances, which was really, really weird to me, considering how well he played last year. Yeah. But uh, that, that has all changed lately. He, he had a three-home run game recently, and he has been playing pr- pretty much... like What, what a weird three-home run day, by the way. Yeah. But he has been hitting first or second every day for pretty much all of June against both lefties and righties uh he had a he had a stretch where he took off for three games uh towards the end of May but uh since it, maybe he might have been he might have been hurt but since then he's been playing every single day in a prime lineup spot and i mean the production has followed i i don't see any reason not to pick him up in in all but like you know i i would i would say anything deeper than a uh you know 12 team three outfielder if it's deeper than that, I think he's probably worth rostering. Like 12 team five outfielder, probably worth rostering. Dig it.
1: Yeah, the lineup spot is prime. You're going to be batting right in front of her, yeah, like right in front of Juan Soto most days. And yep. Josh Bell who's been fantastic as of late too. Um seems pretty good. Yeah, so dating back to uh dating back to
2: May 29th, it's a 3.53 average, four ten OBP, four home runs, 17 runs in RBI. 10, 10% walk rate that plays
1: that that all plays yeah that'll do um love that let's stay in washington uh with another one luis garcia less exciting i would say but in the small sample so far he's been a regular starter at shortstop since uh getting called up includes 300 average um he does not walk much though like he's got a 300 average but like a 313 obp so maybe fade him in obp leagues but Luis Garcia, someone with a solid average that we've seen so far. Um, that could be an option there. Uh, Schwebzy. How about Max Stasi, Someone that is your, one of, one of your boys. I think
2: I have him as part of a board bet. I do. He's, been, le- but, he's yeah. been letting me down there. Danny Jansen's been carrying me
1: in that board bet. That's true. Can't wait what to did check back did on him. I say Omar Nervaez and someone else? And what, Austin Nola? Nervaez
2: and Nola, who have yeah. both been pretty rough. Yeah. Carry me, Danny Jansen. Stop getting hurt, please. But, uh. If, like me, you're dealing with Danny Jansen and or Tyler Stevenson getting hurt, I would check to see if Max Stasi is available on your waiver wire. He hasn't been quite as good as I'd hoped heading into the season, but he's honestly, he's been a perfectly cromulent catcher. Like at this point, he's been league average or better in WRC plus in all but one season where he's gotten at least 15 plate appearances, which for a catcher is really like, Fine, that's good. Like you know, he's not going to blow you away. Like he's had stretches where he has been good enough to blow you away, but I don't know. It's been a little bit now, like a probably like I don't know, a calendar year since he's had that kind of production. But replacement level is so 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 low for catchers. You can do worse, which is not the most ringing of endorsements Mm -hmm. I understand. But like he's part of a high upside offense, and he plays.
1: And sometimes that's enough for a catcher. Yeah. I mean, also, I, I've realized that uh, one of your favorite words to use is cromulent. I, I do so, love that so, word. So I've that come, is, I have come up with a nickname for you, it is Captain Cromulent.
2: That's appropriate. I use the word cromulent a lot thanks to my, the, a, a favorite baseball blog of my younger baseball fan years, and that is Amazing Avenue. Ah yes. That is the uh the Mets blog on Sports Nation and uh some fantastic writers over there over the years and uh they they, they got me using the word cromulent.
1: It's a really good word to be fair. It, it it is. Very good word. It's a very good word meaning average. Yes. Yes. It is an above average word meaning average. <laughs> Dig it. Uh who else we had here? Rafael rafael Ortega as well, Schwabzi, that you wrote down. Yeah, he's a platoon
2: guy. He doesn't really play against lefties, but he's a solid platoon guy. So, mm-hmm. uh, similar to when you're dealing with Giants outfielders, he is a, like, if you have the flexibility to start or sit him daily, or if the Cubs run into a stretch of six straight righties like they literally just did, uh, Ortega is a strong play. He's been, he, he's, he's been good. I, I think uh, I actually just added him to my NL only league too
3: when, uh, when someone went down. Stick it um
1: all right i've got on the other side of chicago south side of chicago uh jake Berger. uh jake the rake man he's been doing just that he's on a six game hitting streak uh he had a double in his first at bat tonight that's a friday night that we're recording this uh he's batting in the heart of the order a lot and slashing 325 400 725 over the past two weeks just been really 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 good if he continues to dh and play third on occasion There is no reason that he can't continue to produce. Uh, Yeah, I would ride Jake Berger's hot streak for as long as it goes.
2: So I'm I'm stealing content from a tweet here from uh, at Torres Takes, who is a good follow. I believe, I think he's in TGFBI. Um, He tweeted about Jake Berger, who is 4% rostered at the moment. Over the last 14 days, it's a 26.7% barrel rate, which is stupid high. 53% fly ball rate. 72.9 contact rate which is low but uh, that doesn't matter if you're doing so much damage when you do make contact yeah and it's a 47 percent pull rate while starting 11 out of 13 games that that plays that'll do yeah uh and uh torres takes also mentioned that if you throw some mushroom and swiss on him
3: you have a beautiful sandwich
1: oh mushroom and swiss burger i've had
3: i haven't had one of those in a very very long time I I
2: I could have just done the stats and not the bad joke, but it, I I have to. I, ha, I I physically am incapable of leaving out a bad joke if it's on the table. This is your brand,
1: Pepsi. it is just the most doo doo jokes anyone could think of. The absolute worst, <laughs> said with love. I, oh, I absolutely, love. I, uh, absolutely said with love. Um, speaking of uh, someone that does damage when they do actually make contact, let's. Uh, I'm literally just going to say two words. About Cal Raleigh, and it's a name that I'm—I think a lot of people have been throwing around. Baby Zunino. Yeah, no that that's really it, and that's really I'll, I'll let listeners suss out what that means uh, while I move on to Ramon Arias. Uh, Arias is listed as day to day He was a late scratch day, and they didn't say what the reason was. So I'm curious as to what that could have been if it's just like an illness thing. Uh, we covered covered him obviously in previous episodes. Um, just keep an eye on this for further info to see if there's anything developing, if it's going to be an extended absence or if it's just a one day thing, maybe you had like a stomach bug, something like that. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then Shrebsy
3: put down here, Dakota Hudson as well. Yeah,
2: I actually, the uh,
1: luckiest man alive.
2: Really? We, there were, there was some discussion around the pitcher list discord today about St. Louis Cardinal starting pitching in general and I was, I was making fun of Steven Matz as a former Met. He is a frequent target of mine. Yes. Um, I, I listed the BABIP of every single St. Louis Cardinals pitcher,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: all of, all of them are in the mid-twos. They're all around 250 BABIP, which normally BABIPs sit around 300, but because of strong defense and strong devil magic, the Cardinals don't play by your rules. Uh, but Steven Matz has like a 350 Babbitt. And it's hilarious just seeing that stick out like a sore thrum among all the rest. The man is so snakebitten that like he can't, nice. even, he, he can't even benefit from the devil magic. But uh, Dakota Hudson does benefit from that devil magic. He, uh, he, his ERA is like two runs below all of his indicators suggest it should be. And uh, I don't see any reason for that to stop happening. It, it's just it's what the Cardinals do. He's still a matchup guy i think I, I wouldn't run him out there all the time but he's very available and he will put together a lot of strong starts from here on to the end of the year
1: perfect all right and then uh, moving to
3: the bullpen in
1: boston uh are you sure wait what are, are you sure it's, it's not it's oh not my, san he's Diego? Give, okay y'all he's giving me crap for <laughs> something i said before the episode because like oh matt strom he's on the padres right because i didn't know that he pitched for boston now and he's like no He's in the Boston bullpen now. He's been there. He, he left San Diego forever ago. He was literally in San Diego last year. and made me yeah, feel like a dumb ago. dumb. God. Uh, Anyways, Matt Strom, Boston Red Sox reliever. Go ahead, Chubbsy. <laughs> Matt Strom has two straight saves
2: for Boston, which I don't, I don't know why. Uh, he doesn't seem like the best option. But honestly, I, I don't know what to make of this bullpen anymore. In, in my AL-only league, I literally have all of Matt Strom, John Schreibner, and Tanner Houck. I have all of them because I'm just begging for Boston to sort out their bullpen and just pick a closer, and it may never happen, but I'm just so desperate for saves that that's the situation I'm in. Got to do what uh, you got to do. Yeah, Matt Strom got the last two saves, so uh, maybe they're going to keep running with him. Uh, who Who can really say with that bullpen? We thought it was Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes has been atrocious uh i thought that schreibner was a really good candidate but they seem reluctant to let him get saved they're they're more uh they they seem like they want to let him get those uh seventh and eighth inning uh holds and how who
3: who even knows what they're doing with tanner Hauk?
1: Hauk remains an enigma
3: i don't really know what they're doing with him anymore yeah uh
1: yeah i mean I feel like straw might just be flavor of the week. I really don't know. I hate saves, man. I really what's hate gonna, saves.
2: What's gonna happen to me is none of them are gonna get saves, and they're all gonna blow up my ratios.
1: Yay! No one wins. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen to you. But, um, gosh, I wish that you well, know, abolish uh, abolish saves. <laughs> Go to save holds, everybody, please. Just do let's do us uh, blow through the rest of these because we're we're running long as we are want to do always when do we not uh all right cool so l- let's just wrap the these last few okay mitch white good he's a good pitcher uh roll is up in the air though we don't know if he's gonna be starting or not so keep tabs on that and see if they keep giving him starts then yeah he's absolutely worth a pickup uh place the dodgers probably could get a few wins yep alex fado from the detroit tigers correct probably a vargas
2: rule if you're unfamiliar with the pitcher list parlance a vargas rule is someone who's pitching very well right now but likely will not continue to pitch this well. But you're going to ride it until the wheels fall off. He's yet to give up more than two runs in a start this year. He's never walked more than two. And he's never pitched less than five innings. But he's also never pitched more than six innings. He's, and he's only reached six innings once. I've been enjoying the ride in a couple of my leagues. He struck out seven a couple times, struck out five another time. But I think this is a, a low strikeout, probably a Toby yeah. long
1: term. Yeah, pretty boring, pretty bland.
2: Lots of strikeouts in in good matchups, though. Like, his good strikeout games have come against, like, your Oakland's, your Pittsburgh's, those guys.
3: Yep. Perfect.
2: Um, Tyler Wells. It's a good slider. What about Tyler Uh, Wells? We've covered him before. Actually, very similar. (laughs) Actually. Not, Not many Ks. Doesn't go deep into games. Ratios might be worth it. Good streamer. That's about where I'm at with him. He's given up two runs or fewer in nine out of his 11 starts this year, which I bet you would not have guessed
3: hmm i did not know that
2: um that is very good that, it's not going deep into games is what is what's holding
1: his value back i mean i assume that his pitch count will go up ever so slightly as yeah, i've been time saying goes that in two months but i don't know we'll see uh all right mitch keller you want to cover mitch keller too <laughs> mitch keller is is if it weren't for austin gomber
2: continuing to be austin gomber mitch keller would have taken gomber's spot in my head as just like that you just never know what you're going to get. He's a, he's a cherry bomb, but not, he, he's not like a high probability cherry bomb. Yeah. It's like, you're more likely to get a bad start than a good start. You'll get a bunch of good starts, but yeah, more likely to be bad. Uh, I, I'm out on Keller. I think Keller's dead to me for the year, unless he goes on a, a really long stretch, but he's, yeah. he's been good lately.
1: Awesome. Uh, I wrote Trevor Williams here, but I think I actually meant to write David Peterson. Yeah, uh, Peterson has a couple of nice matchups coming up. Uh, let, me, let me Milwaukee, and then what is the other one? Miami was the other one. Milwaukee, and Miami, which yeah, unfortunately for me being a Brewer fan, I do have to admit that Milwaukee is a below-average offense.
3: Yeah, Barf.
2: i i was I was really psyched about the David Peterson stream last week against the Nationals, but turns out the Nationals kind of wreck lefties as they have shown against both. They just David don't Peterson. strike out. Uh, they, they showed it against my boy, David Peterson and Jordan and my boy, uh, Aaron Ashby They but, man, they brutalized Ashby today,
1: buddy. The body's not even cold. Please don't bring it up. Sorry, friend. Ugh. Yeah. But Speaking so, of nationals. Oh yeah. Speaking of nationals, someone, uh, who just increased his hitting streak to 10 games after homering, uh, tonight off Aaron Ashby, uh, uh Michael Franco, 10 game hitting streak. I would ride him while he's hot. Like that's really what it comes down to. I just wanted, to do, I just wanted to, there to be one good
2: segue this episode before we called it a night. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this
1: week's episode of In the Deep. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us once again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to do it. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us once again in an episode of In the Deep. We appreciate it. Uh, if you like the show, be sure to leave us a review and a five-star on your listening platform of choice. Uh, and also be sure to follow us on social media you can follow us at in the dpl at our shared account and then at shwebzy that's s h w e b s i no c uh for shwebzy and then myself at Bunt singles and we will see you again next week for another episode shwebzy send them out bye friends